This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. How are you doing? Mm, not very good. <laughs> Never hear that, do you? No, I don't. No, I, I, uh, Rough went, morning, huh? Uh, yeah, I went to uh, the gas station, got some coffee, and the lid didn't stick on it very well, and so I burnt my whole hand off. <laughs> oh, I, that looks painful. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it was. It was it's hideous, actually. Like, your, your hand, it's... it's bleeding. Well, it's funny because I, I realized it popped off as I was carrying it and I was like, okay, so I got to be careful with this. And then as I like set it into my cup holder in my car, it popped off again and spilled over my hands and like burnt the webbing between my fingers. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Ugh. and then as I got out of the car, it spilled on my hand again. And I was like, this is, <laughs> this is a nightmare. <laughs> I should have stayed home. <laughs> yeah. So that's the energy that I'm bringing into the podcast. All today. of that trauma for gas station coffee. And you know what? worth it. All right, so we got a couple things to talk about. Uh, first off, as if you know, the news of me burning my hand wasn't bad enough. Miles, it's Memorial Day. Like we're already here. It's going to be June in a couple of days. What happened? Yeah, I and mean, that's how calendars work. Days go by, they turn into months, and then you have seasons. But how does it go by so fast? <laughs> I feel like part of it is the weird like winter wrap up that we had, where it was like it was spring for one day. And then it was winter again for two weeks. And then now it's like, all right, we're just going to, we're just going to go into summer. I feel like it was like winter again for two months. Yeah. Like it, it, we had that, those few nice days in April and I was gone for them. I got home for one of the nice days. I'm like, this is amazing. And then it was basically like the worst version of April for the next five weeks. Yeah. Other than half marathon day, it always gets nice for half marathon day. It's and the then, miracle day. Yeah, it is. So we're going to talk a little bit about Memorial Day events and Mayfest coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about news before the break. And then after, there's a bunch of new businesses. And uh, I thought you and I might uh, just chat about some of the new restaurants that have opened up uh, yeah. or changed owners or that kind of thing. Uh, we'll Didn't just, think there was room for any more, but we got them. Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of changeover. <laughs> so yeah. we'll, we'll jump into that after the break. But before we do, that it's a memorial day weekend looks like it's going to be beautiful and we did a roundup of memorial day services as well as other events that are going on in the county so if you are looking to find a service or a party or whatever you want to do it's in this week's pulse which you can pick up today yeah mayfest this weekend it's a big uh jackson port's big day that and Thanksgiving parade, those are the big days for Jackson Port. Well, I should say, they also have New Year's Day. That's fair. And their farmer's market is really great, too. Their, their farmer's market is awesome. Yeah. Their farmer's market is uh, where my wife takes our kids every Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yep. Takes her over there. It's Tuesday or Wednesday. Those are the days that she has the kids at home uh, and takes them every week. And my son loves the live music and they get bread from Cultured. And it's, it's a, always a really good time. And great playground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a great playground. It's right by the water. So the temperature is nice. It's a sand playground, I believe. Is yeah, it sand? Yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah, it's a good time. You, you, you know who else has a great playground? Mm. Is uh, I was up at the Shoreline last night, which is just awesome. The Shoreline, the Meads are kind of doing a, Mike and Mary Mead, doing a different version of the Shoreline with Matt Chambis and their daughter, Jamie. And it was packed last night. Lots of locals. Pretty cool scene. Kind of getting that old Shoreline vibe up in Gills Rock. But anyway, while we were waiting for our table... 
my little guy was loving the playground up there by the Destor Maritime Museum. Pretty, pretty good one. Like old school one, like made yeah. out of wood and stuff. Oh, good. The old wood that is just like, it's literally made out of splinters. Did yeah. it have the, the metal slides? It has the metal slide. Great. Take, you take the, the, your back skin right off. Yep. Old school swings and, you know, one without the, the belt for the little guys, which, you know, I like it because there's a little bit of danger in there and the yep. kid's got to learn to fall and, and break stuff once in a while. Yep. It's just wood, a, he's going to break his arm now. That it's said that two now. ropes and a plank of wood. That's the swing. So, something like that. But no, it is actually, it's an expansive playground and it looks like a playground like built by a bunch of local guys, which I like. That is cool. Uh, Probably isn't, was, but. When I was growing up in elementary school, we, like the first year of elementary school, we had a brand new playground that was built for us. So it was like straight of the art at the time had a ton of like it was huge there was big slides and everything and, and jungle gyms and a rock climbing wall and it was really cool and that was replacing the old playground but the old playground still stayed up so you had brand new beautiful <laughs> playground and then you had awful wood and metal slide playground and it was really weird like most of the kids would hang out at the new playground, but there are a couple weird kids who would hang out at the old playground. I would hang out at the old one, man. They, they, you call it awful? I call that awesome. I don't, it just was pain. It was a lot of pain. <laughs> there was, it, I, I just hope my kid gets to experience the merry-go-round, something similar to what they had at the Skyway Drive-In for years, where if you were the younger kid, you held on for dear life while the older kids pushed it as fast as it could go and you would go a hundred percent horizontal and just dangle out there. And then until you got too scared and you let go and you're just like, I hope I don't break something. And some kids would, but there was like a rite of passage to be able to do that at the skyway. The only one I can think of, there's sort of a version of that at the, the Bailey's Harbor playground, but, um, egg Harbor's old hodunk version of a playground at the fire stations, I think still has one sort of like that. Yeah, I, I won't share my favorite playground in Door County because it's beautiful, but it's small. So I won't share it. You just want it to yourself? Kid. Yep. Because I was thinking like, oh, you know what? You could share playgrounds because playgrounds are more fun with more kids there. This one's really small. So <laughs> this is like a, when I go there and there's like one or two other families there, it's perfect. So I don't want to share which one I go to. In any case, back to Memorial Day weekend. And oh, yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> this, is, this is our normal parenting conversation that we have every morning where we're trying to figure out how to be dads. Yep. Yeah, so Mayfest going on in Jacksport. That's a uh, big parade, horse pole. They're famous for like doing kolaches on yeah, Memorial it, Day. Which... It's interesting because Sam Watson wrote about this this week, and I was trying to come up with some sort of design that like pulled together elements of traditional Mayfest and what Jacksonport does. And then as I read the article and talked to Sam, I realized that it's really not a traditional Mayfest. <laughs> no. um, Sam called it a Mayfest in name only because like Mayfest is traditionally like a celebration of spring and there's a Maypole and Jacksonport loves German beer and Czech food, which is uh, Kalachis <laughs> are Czech. There's no Maypole that I know of there, uh, but this year they do have fireworks. So that yeah. will be cool. It'll be a great reason to go out and check out the first fireworks of the year, I want to say. Jacksport Mayfest, culture in a blender and have some fun. Yeah, it should be fun. I, I don't know if you've ever had a kolache, but oh, yeah. are they good? Oh, yeah. My my wife's family is big on making like hundreds of those at certain times. That and pierogies. They're like old Polish family. So, What's the difference between a kolache and a Belgian pie? And that I don't know. They seem similar, except Belgian pies have cottage cheese in them. You got me. 
<laughs> I'm 90% sure. I, I love mean, that, that I you should and know I, this. My brother lives in Belgium, but yeah, I love Well, okay. I was going to say, I've done a little bit of research on our Belgian community down there, but your brother does live in Belgium. So you should know more than yeah. I do. And I'm pathetic. I'm, I'm a horrible brother. Right. <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, there is a list of Memorial Day services in this week's Pulse. But another thing that was really cool is uh, Kevin Benesky, one of our reporters, he put together a feature on veterans where he went out and he talked to a bunch of local veterans and kind of got their story. And Rachel Lucas, our photographer, took some great photos and got some old like historical photos of them in uniform back when they were serving. And a really, really beautiful piece to kind of get these people's stories like straight from their mouths. Yeah, and it's four veterans who will be taking part in an honor flight from Appleton Airport to Washington, D.C. on, I think it's June 7th. They'll be going to take in the monuments. These are all Vietnam-era veterans, so they'll go to the Vietnam War Memorial. And we just asked them to reflect on what Memorial Day means to them, because we talk about Mayfest, we talk about the celebratory weekend, and that's it is that, but it's also... Uh, a day to honor veterans and particularly the veterans who gave their lives for us. So it's easy to forget that that's what it's all about. Right. So they, well, especially if you don't like have a family member right. or something like that. Like I, I don't have anybody in my family who's served. My uncle served in the Gulf war, but Memorial day has never really been about that for me mm. growing up. Cause I just yeah. don't have that direct connection. I'm sure for a lot of people, it, 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 it means is, something else. Yeah, yeah. It, it's much more in there and it's, it's probably a much more somber day, but no, I'm glad that you, that you brought that up, that there are both sides of that. And you know, he did a great job of, you know, you get these pictures of them in their days in the service and then also them now and, and talking about what they, you know, they come home from the war and the, the lives they led and the, the jobs that they've served locally for all that time and what they ended up doing with their lives and what that time in the military meant to them throughout that. So it's, it's a nice snapshot of these four veterans. Very cool that they're going to be going on this honor flight and get to experience that. And, you know, I, I was thinking of Memorial Day this, this Monday. They have a great service, a really well-attended one at Little Sister Cemetery in Sister Bay. So I may be taking my three-year-old. He's kind of at that point where he might be able to start to take that in and understand it a little bit. And uh, I never got to meet my own grandfather because he died of his injuries from World War II. So, you know, it's just sometimes you got to remember, like, I, I don't think of my family as a military family because it was so far. He died 30-some years before I was born. But kind of introduced my son to some of that family heritage that way. Yeah, that's cool. All right, let's talk a little bit about news. We want to talk about the STR, the next part of the STR saga, right? <laughs> the never-ending STR right, then, saga. Uh, Rachel, I'll have you put in a little jingle here because this is a STR update. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll be sure to plug that in <laughs> every time. Come up with an absurd. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we did a whole episode on this a couple of weeks ago where we started basically laying the groundwork for everybody's going to be dealing with this in some way. Some already have, others are updating their ordinances. Where are we at now? This is Sister Bay has started looking at this, correct? Yeah. So Sister Bay has been kind of the, the hot one for a couple of weeks now or a couple of months. They have grown frustrated. And I think we covered this in that last podcast. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I forgot. STR stands for short-term rental. We're talking about everybody <laughs> talking Airbnbs, VRBOs, those types of things. I know that like trying to explain what an acronym is by throwing out four more acronyms is yeah. not the best way. But just in case anybody's like, what's an STR? Uh, strength? Is that... <laughs> 
<laughs> who the strengths at in Dungeons and Dragons. That's what we're talking about. I always want to preface this by being like you and I and everybody in the office is well aware of what we're talking about. But yes. for the listeners. Short-term rentals. Yeah, thank you for doing that, Andrew. Okay. It's always good to get rid of the jargon and those acronyms. Yep. So Sister Bay is looking at how do we curtail this because a couple of reasons that were thrown into the mix here is obviously everyone's concerned about the lack of affordable housing and to what degree does the short-term rental market drive up the housing prices. There's also the impact to neighborhoods of taking neighborhoods that were residential neighborhoods with neighbors and taking that into transient lodging. And is that the right thing to do in those neighborhoods? So they're trying to curtail that. And also the workload. When you have short-term rentals that don't have on-site managers, a lot of the enforcement actions for parking, for garbage, for noise, ends up getting dumped onto the village staff or the police department. So those are the three main pillars of why this keeps becoming an issue because as I was talking to Julie Schmelzer a couple of weeks ago, she notes that like tomorrow I have 67 short-term rental applications on my desk that I got to get through for permitting. So it is a big weight on communities that, you know, 10 years ago didn't exist. So that's what they were looking at. They looked at a bunch of different options. They in Sister Bay, they even talked about, can we put a cap, like a 10% cap on all single family residences? No more than that can be a short-term rental. Can we have a portion of sale prices go toward affordable housing. A lot of different things. They eventually came back to the same spot that every town seems to come to that we've talked about before, like Sevastopol, where pretty much the strongest you can go in, in Wisconsin is imposing a seven-day minimum stay or one stay per seven days. So you can't turn it over twice within a seven-day period. Sure and then 180 consecutive days in use. So you could only rent it out for short-term rental basis for just half the year. And those are the two main things. There is a third way Madison has done this where you can, Madison mandates that you must live on site to be able to have a short-term rental there. So you can't be an off-site manager of a short-term rental. So there has been talk about doing that in places, but that would cripple a huge part of the lodging market in Door County because it's somewhere between 30 and 40% of our lodging market is short-term rentals. And that's a huge part of our economy. So that's what everyone's grappling with. Sister Bay ended up keeping, if you are an existing short-term rental and you're in good standing, that means you're not causing problems for the village. They don't have a lot of complaints against you. You can continue to operate as you have. And you are grandfathered in in that, those rules. And then if you apply for a if somebody buys a house and applies for a new license, they will now have to abide by these new rules, which says 180 day maximum number of days rented and one rental per seven days, similar to what Sevastopol did a couple of years ago. So the idea, talking to Nate Bell, the village president, said this is not, if our goal is to solve the housing shortage, this is not going to do that. If our goal is to try and do something to help slow the growth of short-term rentals to preserve neighborhoods, this might do some of that. So he's like, people should not expect by doing these things that even if we banned short-term rentals, new ones, we're not going to solve the housing prices. So we have to be clear about what our goal for this is. Because if we want to attack the housing problem, there's got to be a different way to do that. This won't do it. That's kind of the summary of what he told me. Gotcha. So is there is there still a way to go to try to find something that's more effective in those ways? Or are they just looking at this and going like, this isn't really the solution. So let's 
let's kind of refocus on what we can do with this. Yeah, I, I think so. This was passed by the plan commission. It still has to be approved by the village board at their next meeting. And, you know, there there's still chances to nibble at the edges. They're going to investigate whether or not it's real, if, if it's feasible legally to try and put a cap of like 10% or something like that on there. Wisconsin state law is just, and we've talked about this before, it's, it's really doesn't give you a lot of leeway as a local community. The legislature that passed the, the rule in 2017 that kind of took a lot of those powers away makes it really hard to govern what somebody does with their own house in terms of renting it out. So they're trying to nibble on the edges, but you also don't want to just be sued and spend a lot of time stuck in court with lawsuits. So by grandfathering in the existing one, they're basically saying, you guys have already made your investment. You bought these homes based on that option. It's tough to go back to them and say, now you can't do that because for a lot of people that would require them to sell their home or this property that they bought. I shouldn't say their home. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a business property basically. So they're trying to toe the line there, slow it in the future without crippling the ones who've been in operation already. Because as much as some people would say like, oh, these people are, they're making business investments. They should adjust accordingly. The village of Sister Bay actively encouraged this kind of thing for much of the last 10 to 15 years, trying to get more economic life in the village. So it's tough to then go back and pull the rug out, just like it was with in the marina discussion where there was that talk of not letting the vendors operate out of the marina. It's really tough to do that when you actively recruited them to be there. Those businesses spend money and invest in this business that you asked them to do and then tell them, oh, we don't want it anymore. We've got enough. Right. So it's, it's, it's just a little two-faced if you do it that way. So they're trying to toe that line. And I think, will it come back again? I think it probably will, unless, as long as people are upset about the housing situation, which rightfully so, I think, you know, this is probably the low-hanging fruit for people to be angry about. Sure. And, you know, nobody ever asked me my opinion on these kinds of things and what solutions What is I your opinion propose. on this? Well, I was going to say, no, you know, no one's asking me. And I, I feel like they should be asking me what my solutions to these things would be because I feel like I always have some decent ones. Maybe not the most effective, but definitely, definitely interesting. So what I'm thinking is, last time we talked about this, you mentioned how a stricter ordinance might, especially for things like having to be on site, might push this to feel a little bit more how it used to feel, like when right. Airbnb first started out. It wasn't about just replacing a hotel with a house, an empty house that you get to spread out in. It was about like, oh, I'm going to share a guest bedroom with a family that lives there. I'm going to hang out in their attic, that kind of thing. And so I think we take it one step further and we we go all the way back to like the chivalric code. And so Airbnb now becomes, it's free if you want to stay in my stable, like you can rest for the night in my, <laughs> in my barn. And if you want to come inside to the guest bedroom, I'll cook you a, a hot meal, but you have to do a quest for me first. So maybe we move to that. Like maybe it has to be, cause that would. So they'd have to like hunt morel mushrooms for you. And that's how they, yeah. yeah you know, or kill a bandit Lord in a nearby cave. <laughs> or yeah. Or, you know, bring your daughter to school. <laughs> Something. You have to do something. And, and I feel like that would do two things. Number one, it would slow the spread of STRs, but it would also improve the character of the people who are staying here, right? You know what I mean? Because, like, the people who are coming up here who are going to stay at an, at an Airbnb where they have to complete a quest. Those are the people we want up here, <laughs> yeah. right? Th those are the, the warriors, the traveling merchants, 
I don't know. Have you been to the Renaissance Fair? Do you really? Is that? I used to go every single year, <laughs> I and I haven't. I have not been in a while. I used to dress up. I did the whole thing. It was my favorite thing every year. I'd go in September, right around my birthday, and I haven't been in a long time. And I've never been to Bristol, but I've heard it's very good. But the Minnesota Renaissance is one of the best in the country, so that's what oh. I'm comparing it to. High bar. Yeah. High bar. I know that Bristol is also one of the biggest ones in the country, so I might try to go to Bristol this year. We'll see. I know that it's like, it's going to be soon. I don't know if I want to take Oliver to the Renaissance <laughs> Festival yet. There's just, it's a lot of people in big, wide open spaces, and I really don't want to get a leash. I don't want to be the parent that has their kid on a leash. But <laughs> if I took him to the Renaissance Fair, I'd have to. Because right? you'd be so into it, you'd forget you had a son. There'd be that. I, I suppose if I dressed him up like a little dragon, then a leash wouldn't be so weird. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. And well, then you have one more? I one do. more thing about this? On, on a serious note about short-term rentals. Because that, was, that was serious. <laughs> my, my solution was. <laughs> yes, okay. On, on another serious note about short-term rentals. This all comes up because of the housing and neighborhoods, right? And on the housing front, if you separate the neighborhood concern, if you if you want to talk housing, my thought watching this if town after town after town, that if you are not talking about increased density, reducing parking requirements, reducing paving requirements, rethinking your single family zoning, if you are not talking about those, you are not serious about affordable housing anyway. So if any town is out there talking about this as if they're trying to do something about affordable housing, but they are not doing anything about those four key things. They're just two-faced. They're lying. Kind of brownie points kind of thing. Like, oh no, we care about affordable housing and we're doing our best about the STRs. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's just not a real, it's like a, I don't know, it's a straw man maybe is the word for it. But you know, that is what I would urge people. If you actually really do care about affordable housing, those are the things you need to be asking your town board about. Those are the things you need to be getting involved with and trying to change. And if you're not, or, you know, putting in sewer and water in your town, but those are incredibly expensive ways to go about it. But there are other ways to go about it that could drive affordable housing. So that's my two cents there. That's fair. <laughs> Some perspective on the conversation. Yeah. And, you know, in addition to my idea about the STR thing, another thing that you could do just to, in this affordable housing range is you could make it so that all taverns have to have a couple rooms to rent. And then, because some people just live at the local tavern, you know what so I mean? So I would love that, but the legislature also took that ability away from Wisconsin towns to be able to mandate, say, hey, you want to build a 40-unit hotel? We will let you do it. We'll actually give you greater density if you provide four units for employees. You can't require that in Wisconsin. Really? Yep. I, I was just thinking, like, you know, traveling heroes would want to stay at the local tavern. On their way through. I'm, I'm really into this fantasy idea. You got me thinking about the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> Let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk new restaurants in Door County. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. Okay, we are back. So a number of businesses either changed hands, changed names, got a second location, move location, or just open up fresh in 2023. And we counted 
27. Yeah. Probably in that, in that zone of places that are either new or changed hands or or something like that. And I think I've been alerted to a couple of more since then. So this is just like restaurant dining food type businesses. So it's probably right around 30 when it's all said and done. Yeah. And we have a separate list of new businesses that have opened as well, but I just want to talk about food because, uh, it's, well, it's crazy. Cause like six, seven years ago, I think this list was, Hey, six new restaurants opened. Holy cow. Right. Six places. Like we've talked about this a couple of times, but it wasn't that long ago that every development was a big deal. Now we, we could have a cranes business of door County and not keep up with the things that are built for better or worse. So, you know, a lot of people are like, that's the worst thing ever. Some people are like, this is great. Some people are in the middle. That's probably me. But it's kind of wild to go from, hey, something new opened. That's amazing to, I can't even keep up with all the things. Yeah. Well, and since I've been. And some of that is turnover. Yeah. Since I've been here since 2016, it has felt like just new, new, new. There's going to be more and building and more. These last couple of years, it has felt like more of that turnover. We've lost a lot of businesses mm-hmm. and then gotten new ones either in their same footprint or. There, there's not a ton of just empty for sale buildings right. in Door County. There are some, but they don't they don't stick around for long. There's always yeah. something that is coming in. And that's um, what was different 10, 12 years ago is things were sitting empty for a lot. Like just mentally walking through a, a Bayley's Harbor, I can think of a few places that were just empty for a long time. And right. like where Lakeshore Adventures was, that was just empty parking lot in the old bank building just sitting there rotting for a while. Right. Well, and Bailey's Harbor has a bunch, including the the one out of this new restaurant list that I have actually partaken in so far this year, which was um, when Heirloom Cafe closed down, they had Sway, which is like a brewery that was kind of on their lower level. Mm-hmm. They're still there, but now they also have a food portion of it up on top, which I think is, it's always hard for me to pronounce, but it's Takara... You try, Miles. Taqueria La Brasita. There you go. It's that. Tacos La Barista. <laughs> and I had their tacos yesterday, and I'm going to have them again today. They're very good. <laughs> it did give me heartburn. But that's that's not a them thing. That's a me thing. Wait till you're 44. Everything gives you heartburn. At least it does for me. That's that's but, fair. But no, they were good. The um, third cup of coffee I had. Heartburn. I do, I do have to say this, though. I don't necessarily have like a top five or a top ten list of restaurants in my head, but I definitely know which ones I like the most. Like I have a number one all the time. And since I've been here, my number one has changed three times because they've all gone away. And that's what made me they? sad. My first number one was... If you uh, say quick trip, I will punch you. Quick, I love... No. My first one was Charnuska Soup Shop. Okay. Loved, loved the soup there. The second one was Taco Cerveza. Loved their tacos. Then the third one was Fat Belly Bowls and Burritos. Now, Fat Belly hasn't gone away, but they are changing their menu this year. So they're doing... So what we're learning here is that if you like it, they're screwed. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm there twice a week, you better be watching out. (laughs) Um, But no, Fat Belly, they're they're changing up their thing. I think they're doing sushi and like... Uh, ahi tuna bowls and stuff like that this year. And I think they, it's mainly that they're not doing the burritos. Yes, which right? was yeah. my favorite part. And they did they did say that they're kind of looking for an avenue for the burritos. So it's not the door hasn't closed one hundred percent. This is a but, shortage of of wraps for the burritos. There's yeah. not a lot of shells out there. Well, it's because of this new place. They're taking <laughs> all of them. But no, this, this new one is very very good. I really enjoyed them. The prices are good there too. We should mention um, it's from uh, Ben and Laura from 
Lost Tok Tok. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the kind of offshoot of their project, which is in the old Charnuska building. Yep. So, so uh, that was good. Another one that I have been loving is, uh, and this is was a new business last year, and then they also have a new food truck this year, is Morning Glory. Yeah. So Morning Glory used to be south of Sturgeon Bay. Still is. It still is. But that's where we started going, like... My wife loves breakfast food and she would get cravings, especially while she was pregnant, to like <laughs> drive down to Morning Glory and it was like a 35 minute drive from Egg Harbor yeah. before. And it was like, that's okay. a hike. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to drive all the way down there. Then they opened in Sturgeon Bay right after we moved down there. And it's great. That location is fantastic. But now they have a food truck that's opening up at the Chives Food Truck yeah. Court. And I, I can't imagine what they're going to be serving there because I mean, I think that they do breakfast and lunch at their locations, but I've only ever had their breakfast and it's really good. But like a breakfast food truck sounds interesting. Yeah. And this is one of the difficulties of putting together the new business issue because you're like trying to describe these places, but none of them are open yet. And we started this new business issue 10, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. Back then it was because of the great recession in 08, 09. And, you know, I'd written this article about the dead zone (laughs) that Dave still ticked off at me about. But we were trying to highlight like, okay, yeah, times are tough. Like nobody's investing, but let's really make sure that when somebody is investing in our community in this downtime, that we highlight that and show people that there's hope and that people are, are still willing to try new things and take risks. And now, you know, it's kind of a different thing. It's more like this, this laundry list of things, but you know, like Salago is one, I'm excited to see what happens there. And they, they, a lot of pressure on that one. You're taking over an iconic space and JJ's, changing it over it's still going to be mexican but like what's that going to be like they were hoping maybe to get open by early may now it looks like early june so going to be interesting to see that there's della porta in ellison bay part of the blue bear project in the old viking building another one with pressure on it because you're taking over this iconic space one that i'm excited about is uh, mixed media i'm continuing our discussion about the renaissance fair because i love mead at the renaissance fair oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh i haven't had mead at home but we'll see we'll see how much i like mead outside of that ambiance it's good i've had a couple of their products already maybe it's if a- i go ask really nicely they'll talk to me in like a old english accent or something <laughs> when i order it from them just to complete i mean the the picture of alan highland that we have in the listing i mean he's got you know the hair and the beard for this so he's got that look for you yeah so <laughs> I, I think i think it's going to be a success in my book you know here's one that's not necessarily a new business but Interestingly enough, Town of Gibraltar is going through the process of awarding another liquor license. They've finally decided they're going to make their reserve license available. And whoever gets it is going to have to pay $20,000 for it. But I think it's between Wild Tomato, White Gull Inn, and Welker's Lounge, which is in the old Whistling Swan space. Those three restaurants do not have a a liquor license right now. They have beer and wine. So it's going to be interesting how Gibraltar shakes that out. How do you choose? Do you got... White Gull, it's been there forever. Wild Tomato, wildly successful for the last 15 years or so. And then a newbie, I, I would not want to be on that board trying to go pick the winner and loser. But Sister Bay was just in that spot in, where they awarded one to Northern Grill. So Interesting. So I, that's not necessarily a new business, but that will... That will change one of the change businesses business, for sure. Right? And probably probably some more than others. Like I would imagine that if Wild Tomato gets a liquor license, they would change what they're doing out of there too. Right. Because yeah, I mean, clearly they don't need to. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but like they, they, yeah, I mean, obviously you can, that allows you, basically what this is for the unfamiliar is that would allow you to have a full bar, which would be right. mixed drinks, cocktails, that sort of thing versus just beer and wine. 
Right. So you would think that with that, do any of the other wild tomatoes have a liquor license that you know of? No. So you'd think that if they had one there, that that would be an opportunity for them to come up with some sort of new concept there. And that's that's something that they're not shy about doing. They've 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 innovated in their different spaces ever since they started opening new places. So I I could see that definitely happening. Yeah. I don't I don't I'm speculating. Yeah. But and same with Wake All In. I mean, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, but do they really have that kind of scene there that that I, I guess adding cocktails to the menu. You don't have that scene until you have <laughs> the right. ability to have the scene, right? No, that's fair. But like, I, I guess getting a cocktail with dinner there makes sense, right? Yeah. So, and maybe that's all it is. You know, getting a liquor license doesn't necessarily mean you become a bar. You know, it just but means it, it, you can accentuate the the experience, maybe. Yeah, and you do probably have to put some focus on it, though, if you do, because like you said, it's $20,000 that they're going to have to yeah. recoup. <laughs> and the hope would be that they're recouping it through their liquor sales. So yeah, it does become a bigger part of the footprint. It's like, oh, be- now we got a cocktail. It also becomes a part of the value proposition of your property, right? That's fair. Yeah. You know, if you have if you have a liquor license, your property is just more valuable in, 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 from a commercial standpoint. Right. Any other ones that you have tried? Have you tried any of the new food yet? I know that a no, lot we, of these places we, are just kind of getting their doors open, but... Yeah, I have not for just that reason. Like a lot of these places, not quite open by the time we did this issue. You know, you got the Dovetail Grill, another place that has a liquor license that's uh, next to the part of the old Dovetail campground slash gas station slash, I don't know, car wash that doesn't work, yep. conglomerate. So uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff going on. The list is, if you took this list and said, all right, I'm going to hit all these before the end of the summer, like you'd actually be hard pressed to hit them all before the end of yeah. the summer. Well, and not all of them are restaurants either. There are some like specialty food places like Cultured. The bread shop has a brick and mortar location. Clario is a like fresh pasta place that's not like a pasta restaurant but like you can go and you can buy fresh like from scratch pasta which is great and i've heard nothing but good things about their pasta there's a new acai berry bowl place that just Mm -hmm. opened up i think it's called the beach bowl that's in founders square so there's there's not just new restaurants and then there's also some places that are like just trying new concepts too like the thirsty cow in bailey's harbor is doing like a different kind of a concept where it's like i think it's like a self-pour tap house kind of thing where you go and like you get a card and then you you pour your own and it's like there aren't any people pouring for you it's this kind of thing where it's like an automated thing and i think that they were inspired by some places like in the cities that Mm -hmm. have done this kind of thing so it'll be interesting to see like how that kind of plans out like breaking local brains this way (laughs) yeah well there's that but also i don't know it just feels feels like an interesting kind of thing if you're the type of person who likes to go out with a small group of friends and just kind of hang out with them and kind of be independent on your own. I can see this being really popular of like me and my three best friends are going to go out. We're going to serve ourselves beer and just have that moment where we're all just focused on each other rather than like a bar or a restaurant where you have the interaction with the wait staff kind of thing. <laughs> just like the exact opposite of my mindset. <laughs> sure. Like that. And, and you know what? I, I think there's both sides of the coin. Like there are some times where it's like, I really just want to hang out with these guys, but I don't want to hang out at home. But let's go to a place where we can just independently hang out with each other kind of thing. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote about an old friend of mine, Del Olson Pickle, who worked at Husby's for me, and he had passed away just recently. And I'm thinking of him right now going, even though he was a bartender, I'm sure there was a good portion of our customers that he would have just as soon 
hey, you, you serve yourself and I don't have to deal with you. So there are sure. some servers who would probably dig it too. That would be like Pickle's dream of like, all right, I just go talk sports with these six guys and you guys serve yourselves. One other place worth mentioning, uh, the Kupla Cafe, uh, Ryan Ibsen, who has daughters and company in the Kupla Collective, the old Kupla House historic building in Egg Harbor. He's done some renovations, not quite open yet, but when he does get the, the doors flying open there, it's a cool little coffee shop in, there's kind of like this almost looks like a gazebo attached to the building. And that is like the seating area. And he's going to do some beer and wine stuff in there as well, right next to his bottle shop, which is, uh, I'm pretty excited to do that. There's a new bakery in Sturgeon Bay that has the best name award. It's called Sweet Bones. (laughs) (laughs) Is that in the old Wanda Jeans? Yeah. Yeah. We should say, uh, pour one out for Wanda Jeans. Been around for like 20 years doing the low cost, Good hometown fair in, in Sturgeon Bay for a long time. Yep. I've been there a couple of times and it's, it was, it's good times. It was a great <laughs> little family restaurant yeah. to take the kids to. And then when they, you know, are climbing on the booths and screaming, you don't feel so bad because, yeah. you know, it's you and some old folks who are just loving seeing babies and <laughs> always felt good going there. We have a full list, not in this week's paper, but it was in our new business issue, which came out last week, but you can find them online as well. We posted them on Facebook, so you can check out our list of new businesses and new restaurants. If we missed any, you can feel free to let us know at, what would be a good email for this? Your personal email, (laughs) Miles? You want your your people to call your cell phone? No, uh, PR at PPulse. Yep, that's Uh, good. And uh, we are taking submissions that we either missed or, you know, just who didn't make it into last year's for whatever reason. And we, we are going to let everybody know. Yeah. We'll um, do an updated list in June sometime. Right. So if you see any that we haven't missed, we, we have already gotten a couple. So uh, we are aware that, you know, there were, there were some that were missed or, or didn't quite meet the deadline or those types of things, but we will have a further updated list coming soon. Should be, should be a lot of fun. I always like new food options. Yeah. Uh, especially I mean, in Bailey's Harbor. I love, cause I work here. I like to be able to eat different things. Well, wasn't that long ago that a new restaurant in Door County basically meant another burger place or another of the same breakfast place. And so now you look at that list and there's all these different things, all the different things we just talked about from sushi to acai bowls and just great to see the variety finally make its way into the county on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. You did mention uh, burgers. There is another restaurant that has a great name, which is a uh, carjacks paddy wagon. <laughs> and they do uh, smashed burgers. It's a food truck with smashed burgers, grilled cheese, and milkshakes. And uh, I don't know how many places up here do smashed burgers, but I, I love a good smashed burger. I also love smashed burgers, the chain restaurant, oh, yeah. if you've ever had smashed burgers. I haven't. They have really good fries. They have like garlic aioli fries and that kind of thing. They're quite good. Yeah, that does sound good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We are over 40 minutes. So unless you want to chat for another 20, just about no, let's whatever, end this, Andrew. We, can, we can wrap let's up. Let people off the hook. All right. Bye, everybody. Have a good Memorial weekend, and we will see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.